Welcome to Growing Empowered Eaters. I'm your host, Ahuva Magda Hirschkop, mom of three, registered dietitian, and women's empowerment coach. I work with women around the world to support them in reclaiming their power, tapping back into their intuition, and harnessing the true power of the dinner table to raise empowered humans. Want to find out how? Listen along, and you'll be sure to learn. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I have a really special guest today. I've had a lot of of moms on the podcast, but this is my first dad who's joining me on the podcast, which is really exciting. I have uh, Ellie joining me. He is a social work therapist who has worked in a psych hospital, intense outpatient clinic, and currently works in a group and private practice in New York and Nevada. He created Elevation, the Dude Therapist podcast, and became a therapist to fill a need and create a modern outlook on mental health to create a more digestible and relatable view on mental health and to help those struggling, those in struggling times and add extra inspiration and motivation into everyday life. Ellie's been featured on the Kelly Clarkson show, The Trauma Therapist, Mimosas with Mom, Holding Space, Breaking Taboo, Therapy Thoughts with Tiffany Rowe, and on multiple podcasts ranging from parenting, relationships, mental health, and infertility. And his main goal is to help people on their journey to add support, care, empathy, expertise, and insight. He runs events, seminars, and individual coaching on topics for mental health awareness, public speaking, coaching, relationships, coaching, and confidence boosting. That is quite the bio. You've done yeah, I think I need, to, I think I need to edit it down a little bit. <laughs> no, but it's everything that you've done. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I love what you just said in the beginning. Hi, everyone. I'm Ellie Weinstein. Um, I get that so often on so many podcasts that I've been on where it's like, you know, I have only had women. I only had women. I've never yeah. had a dad. I never had men uh, or a, a male therapist. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Literally, yeah. not because I think that the female voice and, and, and empowerment is not bad. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think it just gives different flavor of a different voice mm-hmm. or a different atmosphere or a different avenue. Um, and I'm so glad to be that person on so many podcasts. Well, I think that it's still so common for certain topics that you talk about, right? Whether it's infertility, whether it's parenting, you know, speaking about how we're raising children, it's still so common for those voices to be female, for it to be the mom's responsibility, right? A hundred percent. And that's why if I ever do, which I plan on doing now that I'm moving out to Vegas uh, to run like a seminar or workshops or conferences, because that's the vibe out there, right? Why not? Uh, If I would ever run a parenting thing, which is the plan, 98% 98% is probably going to be women yeah. showing up for parenting. Yeah. And, you know, great that they're going to buy in. Wonderful. Good for me. Yeah. Um, and I would love to be a parenting, the parenting expert that is a man yeah. uh, in the world. Like that would make me the happiest ever because it's just uh, something that I think is lacking for men to see and dads to see and husbands to see a man talk about things that parents should be doing. Uh, or that are smarter or healthier, or even in their relationships, because I'm a relationship specialist too, uh, I think it's super important. A thousand percent. Um, I think that's- I'm excited the, to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. I feel like we have so, there's so many places that my mind is already going um, because I would totally, totally agree. You know, I am obviously a mother who works very often with with mothers. And I think there's still, you know, if you, if you go on social media, if you're really- anywhere there's still this common joke or 
memes or whatever about oh like when we leave dad in charge or mm-hmm. you know when when and it's this room that's a total mess like sort of giving the the image that oh you know we leave dad in charge for five minutes and that's what happens or oh my gosh this amazing dad for being you know for babysitting the kids or for all of these things that we keep on hearing that for some reason won't leave and every time that I see it I'm like oh like why do we even as moms keep on perpetuating this stereotype that if you leave you know your your husband in charge for five minutes your house is going to be a disaster like we need to end this also and Mm -hmm. it still keeps on being there so I think the work. You're and doing and let's be honest. Let's be honest. The house was a disaster before the father took over. It's just kids are <laughs> kids are crazy, right? Kids make a mess. You know, whether it's the mom or the dad, it might mean the mom just cleans it up a lot faster than the dad will, or uh, who knows. But like, um, yes, I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, and I, uh, uh, I kind of, um, you know, when I was dating my wife, we were talking about things that we don't like people saying about marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, and all those jokes of like happy wife and happy life and all those things of like, and I don't like the jokes about dads Yeah, because it bothers me because I'm there always. Like I, and and I think men in general get a bad rap, rep, rap. I think it's rap. I think it should be rep, but I think it is rap. Yeah. It should be rep, right? Representation. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Bad rap. Okay, fine. Um, (laughs) uh, that they suck at parenting and that there's babysitting and they don't know what they're doing and they don't want to be involved. And I'm sure there are plenty of dads who don't want to be involved or not involved mm-hmm. as much as they are needed. And I'm sure there are plenty of moms that are the same. Totally. But unfortunately, um, seeing it with my own eyes, um, the mom or the birthing parent, it becomes a default. Mm-hmm. Whether it's because of breastfeeding, whether it's because of maternity leave, um, where there is just an automatic need to buy in right away from the get-go that everything falls on them. Um, and the classic sense of like the men are working and the wife is whatever the society has created that atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm a therapist and I work from home and every break I have, I'm upstairs taking care of my four-month-old. Um, and yes, that is difficult. And sometimes yeah. it's overwhelming because I don't have a break to just not. But... Um, there are plenty of men out there that do an amazing job as parents. Yeah. And I think yeah. even when we had our twins, I think what my husband felt or you know expressed to me was I had so many people to almost mimic, right? The way that I bathe my kids is the way that I saw my sisters, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest. I have two older sisters is the way that I saw my sisters bathe their kids or my mother bathe, you know, the, the grandchildren who are earlier than or older than mine, um, I saw had so many more role models or even websites that were targeted towards me or articles or whatever it was. And he was sort of like, I feel like I'm making this up as I go along. And so in the absence of having those really clear resources, I think he did sort of feel not even like I was the default parent. I am sort of, you know, what would be the quote unquote default parent in our household. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that I could almost figure things out or I had more resources. And he was like, I don't even know other than asking you, which just puts more pressure on you. Mm -hmm. Where do I go? How do I, how do I learn? How do I get my own, you know, information? And I have found that when I was becoming a dad uh, through infertility and IVF and um, I was looking for resources and books, articles like that. 
every book, even the Bible, Sharon Mazel's What to Expect When Expecting. Oh my God. Right? I can't even. <laughs> that book has gray boxes just for the father. Yeah. And there are probably only six of them or seven of them throughout the entire book. Yeah. Right? It's not a parenting book. It's a book for moms and that, oh, we'll include the dad in the gray boxes. Um, and even the father books, if you look at fatherhood books, it makes me cringe the stupidity that the books are based in of like, here's how to, you know, show up for your partner to change diapers. You know, uh, not the emotional, not the responsibility, not the burden, not the overwhelming yeah. You know, even the research on postpartum depression, anxiety. I had postpartum anxiety. Yeah. That's not talked about, right? No. So one of my goals in life when I get over my fears of writing, because I always make this joke, I'd rather speak in front of a million people than write a book or even a blog post. I suck at writing. It's one of my things that I, a skill that I do not have. Uh, totally. My wife is my editor. My wife is my editor. Um, Everything uh, on said, my on my social media is like videos of me because I'm like, it's just so much easier yeah. for me to just talk than it my is wife for me to write really has, My wife has my password and she goes in and edits things when she realizes there's a mistake without me knowing. <laughs> so I don't feel judged or hurt by it. So thank you, Ariella, uh, for being my editor. She's like, oh yeah, I fixed your post today. I just fixed a few words. I'm like, great. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, I would like to write a dad book like yeah. for men about what it means to be a father, for real, from a therapist, an emotional perspective, a relationship perspective, the impacts on your marriage, on mm -hmm. your relationship, the impacts on you and how you value yourself, and all those things that shift, it's the, the literature isn't there. Even there are support groups for dads are so sad for me to watch because it's all about complaining and venting about their wives and their kids, how annoying they are and how they wanna get out. Yeah. Not, not, hey, what do I do? I need help with this. It's more of like, this sucks. I want to hide yeah. and, and help me run away or, and, and, or, um, I don't know, just things that aren't helpful. Uh, and then they turn to these men coaches and these support groups that are all about the alpha male and, and, and very unhealthy mentality when they just need someone to talk to a support group, mm -hmm. but women in a hot second, there's 80 billion books. There's every parenting book is geared towards women and which is beautiful. And there's a reason for that. Um, so that's some of the things I'm trying to change and talk about the realness of fatherhood yeah. um, in the most real way possible, as well as being helpful. I think that's so interesting because so many of the, the women that I'm coaching sort of on the other end, right? In obviously there's been a big shift in the last 80, 100 years to more women, you know, in the workforce and having big goals, big aspirations, even wanting to be the primary breadwinner in their household or whatever that looks like for so many women. And yet the identity of the mother, right? Yep. In all those bullet points that we have that this is the way that we mother and this is the the role and the, mm -hmm. you know, the the one who stays home and the one who nurtures and the one who feeds their family and does all of the things so many women that I'm working with are still so almost afraid to give all of that up, even when they have a partner at home who's like, hey, let's do this together, right? That's so I, interesting. I want to be in this. I want to be in this with you. And so many men, I think, are struggling with seeing how they fit in. And so many women are, are on the other end they, they want to do it all and want the, the help and the support in doing that. But there is a fear in, in letting that identity go. 
I think there's like three things going on here. I think there's a shaming that happens amongst women when it comes to the mom guilt and the shaming yeah. of you're not good enough as a mom because you're mm -hmm. not doing everything. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to stop that uh, for many reasons. But mom cannot be superwoman. Yeah. It, it's it's really cool that we call like I call my wife superwoman. Like that's not healthy because she has a full time job and she's taking care of our kid in the middle of the night because of breastfeeding. And, you know, my daughter usually runs to her versus me, even mm. though I'm more than willing to do everything for my daughter. And probably and sitting even, right there. And <laughs> even, yeah, I'm sitting right there, 100%. And I would kill a human for my children. Yeah. And they would rather go to my my wife, which is okay, right? Okay, I get that. Totally. Um, I have my moments, right? I have my moments and I'm like, I'm never letting you go. And then I hold on to her and then she goes, Daddy, get off of me. And I'm like, but I just love you. Yeah. Um, and there's a shame of like, oh, wait. You didn't show up to every birthday party. Oh, you didn't show up to every baseball. Oh, you didn't show up. Oh, you were working at a meeting, but you didn't cook dinner for your family. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. What you ordered out tonight? What you're not a good home, uh, like a, a bread, like a I homemaker? forgot the word. Yeah. Homemaker. I, I said I, th I thought of breadwinner, uh, homemaker, <laughs> and 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 something else. I couldn't I couldn't think of it. Um, and the hard part is is that balance that you just said. I think the biggest thing that a lot of couples and, and, and marriages and even parenting struggle with is the expectations, mm -hmm. right? So the expectation of the mom is doing everything. Now, because of that, they've learned to balance that, maybe not the healthiest way, and maybe don't know how to balance it the best way possible, but yeah. know how it works for them. So to let someone in and lose that control that works for them, not in a bad way that they're controlling, but to lose the comfort of the control of how it works for them, to have someone else come in. And what about the expectation of the father? Like, I want to help. But now I'm expected to not help. So when you need my help, there goes all the memes. Yeah. Right? So there's a lot of research by uh, Dr. Cassidy Friedis, who's an awesome specialist on postpartum depression and anxiety, especially in men, um, talks about the natural space that gets created on the dads, where not by purpose, but moms usually create this, like, I got this, I'll do it, I know how to do it, maternity leave, um, you know, all the things that, yeah. you know, create this behavior and expectation. But then the space is created where the dad is on the outside looking in, not knowing how to create their own secret sauce yeah. and their own spice on parenting. Because what's the goal of parenting? Educate your kids, keep them safe, keep them fed, and that they're healthy and well for the next day. If it gets that way... Who cares how it happens? If you have your sauce and you have your spice and it gets done. Now, I put my kid to bed often. I love it. It's like quiet. It's like really cutesy. I yeah. adore her. My She just turned three today. She's three years old. I saw that you posted crazy. happy birthday. Oh, my gosh. Cannot believe it. I know. I my kids are five and I'm like, I'm oh, unclear where five years went. I don't know where three years went. I don't even know where yesterday went. Yeah. Um, And so how I put my daughter to bed is very different than my wife. But she right. still gets to bed. She still feels loved. She still feels safe. She still feels calm. But we both have her own style. Yeah. That's the key of parenting is creating like a rules of engagement of here's the goals that we have as a family. Mm -hmm. And you do your things and you do your things. But we're still in the same the same idea. It's yeah. like, for example, a sports team. Right. What's the goal of a sports team? To win. Well, someone might. Should I use a sports reference? Right. Someone might right. be a shooter. Someone might be a defender. Someone okay. might be a better hitter, a pitcher. Someone might be, you know, everyone has their skill. But the goal is to win. You want to win yeah. the game. So you have to work together. But the goal is to win and everyone adds their flavor mm -hmm. and their skill. And when we think that we can do everything, 
right? If you hog the ball, no one's going to like you, right? That player who hogs the ball never passes, right? They end up not getting picked in the end from research, right? They yeah. get they get, they get get pushed aside. No one wants to play with them. They don't share, right? We have to be able to – so the third thing that I think is a problem is that we have to learn how to share the responsibility and see what the other partner can do. And I'm talking about both, right? That to give up that control, to give up yeah. that – that ability and trust the other person because we're on the same team. So like, um, I can deal with my two kids at once, like going somewhere I put them in the stroller. I walk, my wife's not so comfortable with that. Well, you have to learn how to do that because I'm not always going to be around right. or vomit or poop. Right. I can't always come to, to change a diaper. If you're not comfortable with that, now you don't have to like it. You have to learn how to do it, Exactly. but I need to give you the ability so that now I trust you. Yeah. I know that you can do it and you might do it your own way. You might sing a song, you might have your music, whatever it does. But now I know you're on the same team. Now I know I got your back and you got my back. Mm-hmm. And now it doesn't all fall on me. And those memes don't get created about dads. And the memes about the mom not showering for seven days and the hair is in crazy mess. And you know, this is mom life. It doesn't have to be that way. You can have a balance. Yeah. Totally. You know, and 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 women should get out and do. Yeah. I always say to my wife, if she made so much money that I didn't have to work, I would stop. Yeah. I don't know if but I, I think that like even that that analogy or sort of that, that metaphor is, is perfect because the truth is even for sports teams, right? They don't have one, like it's not that you have one play, right? Like a basketball team doesn't only have one play or one strategy or we always give the ball to this person. Even every time you come against another team, you got to change. Sometimes you know, one team needs more defense. One, t- one time yeah. you're really pushing offense hard. And that's also, you know, in co-parenting, there's different seasons of life, right? Even we mm-hmm. had our, my, my third child is 19 months. And there was, you know, in the beginning, in the first couple of months of, of his life, like my husband was super on top of our older kids, because if I was, you know, breastfeeding, like I couldn't feed them breakfast at the same time that I was also, so he was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing that and you're doing this. I'm like, that's fine. And then it switches. Right. But if you only ever have one parent or one style or one strategy, if we always have to do this every single time, life changes with kids on a dime. So mm-hmm. that doesn't really work so well. I love that you said that. And I'll use the psychological terminology. Uh, there's a, a therapy model called ACT which stands for acceptance and commitment therapy mm-hmm. it is a beautiful therapy modality. I love it. Um, and one of their key factors is called psychological flexibility. Yeah. It's when we're able to not say, stop it. Don't think that way, not reframing and restructuring every thought process, but how do we have the thought and create more of a flexibility and a stretchiness? So it's not black and white, this or that. It's more of we can go with the flow and create this elasticity or this like silly putty uh, mentality. And especially with parenting, it is always like that because, um, you know, my son was really difficult and still is um, in certain ways. You can't can't take a bottle. All these different things is so different than my daughter who was like a godsend in the beginning that I didn't even realize and thought, oh, this is what babies are. But it's not. Right? We had the colicky so, kid first. Oh, so no, we don't use that <laughs> word. We don't use that word. Don't say it out loud. Oh gosh, I can't admit it. I can't admit it. We didn't use a C word in my house. We're like, oh no, he has reflux, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't say it, right? We're like, no, he's he just tortures. needs to be held up for an hour after every time he's fine. He needs to sleep on me on my belly on my belly for you know from nine to two o'clock in the morning for twelve weeks. Why not? 
yeah, it's normal. <laughs> uh, but that's a mentality is that yeah. when my daughter realized that my wife was not available, who stepped up or who was there? Yeah. I was always there consistently. Now, she might not have chosen me, but I was there. And then right. she goes, okay, you. And yeah. then I became the main stay in my daughter's getting ready in the morning, right? I have a more flexible job. So when my yeah. daughter was sick, who moved things around? Me. Right. It doesn't mean that my wife is any less of an amazing parent. It doesn't mean that I'm any better as a parent because certain responsibilities fall on me. And when we stop being resentful and comparing and creating lists of, well, I did this today and that today, yeah. and we look at the game, right, that we are trying to win at, which is keeping our kids alive, happy, and well, and that gets done at the end of the day, high fives, let's pop some champagne, we won the championship, right? Totally. And and even within the same day, we need to be able to look at each other and go, okay, that didn't work, we got to switch that up. Totally. Like whether it's bedtime, bath time, oh, we did this, we got to, you know, on the fly. And that's very, and that's where the difficult situations happen. That's mm -hmm. when the fighting happens. And that's, that's okay. That's natural, right? It's stressful. Yeah. But when we then just say, no, I'm out. Sorry. Can't. I'm done. This is not up to, this is not how I planned it. Um, that's where our anxieties take over. That's when we become resentful and we have content for our partner. And that's when we start losing the connection of each other. Uh, and that gets really hard. So this is where I, you know, really shifted to starting to coach uh, the moms that I do because that resentment is, is huge. Oh, and it's and so real. a big part of, you know, especially for working moms who want to have it all, right? I talk to moms all, all the time who want to have it all, but they're hating it all, right? They Ooh, want the that. job. They want the kids. They want, like, they want to do everything. And yet every single day they're like, wow, this sucks like is this really my life like this is this is what I wanted this is all the things that I wanted and yet it's not really as great as I thought it was going to be and a big part of that is like I love that you're talking about you know that mental flexibility because I coach mainly 100% on women developing self-trust mm. because I think so often in the absence of knowing the, you know, quote unquote, right way to do things, we end up so lost. We're, you're, we're looking at at least, you know, this is where I was five years ago, especially where we, when we had our, our first, our twins, which was, you know, overwhelming in its own sort of way is, you know, there's sort of that checklist of, did I do this? And did I wash the dishes? And did I engage with my kids? And did I give them 30 minutes of, you know, I'm looking into your eyes being like, I am connecting with your soul because that's what everybody says we have to do. And did I do that? And did I make dinner? And did I also do my work? And am I building this business and all of those things? And you, we, when we don't trust ourselves, we can only trust that there's one right way, right? So then the second that things go off the rails and not even off the rails, but the schedule changes or something doesn't go exactly how we planned, all of a sudden there's like a red alert mayday mayday going on because we can't trust ourselves to go with the flow. We can't trust ourselves to redirect or to actually be able to handle what comes your way, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's so often where I see, you know, so many women and, and parents in general sort of being like, I only knew one way. And now my kid said this, you know, I, I said, we're not doing that right now. And my kid said, no. And I'm like, I, I, it didn't work. It didn't work. And so what do I the do book now? Lied. But if we can trust ourselves and, you know, that was a big piece of it sort of as you're saying, like 
you putting your, your kids to bed differently than your wife. Right. So we had twins when we were first, when that was our first experience becoming parents. And my son, we won't use the C word, but he would not settle for five months, just would not cried nonstop. I put him, I put him down for, you know, naps, wearing headphones, watching a show or listening to music because I couldn't, I, yeah, I I needed to just drown out the sound of his crying. And like, there was, he just literally would never settle. My husband would would do the nights. I would do the days. My husband was working for a very, in a not great work environment that was very demanding. And so a lot of it was left to me, but I knew exactly what I needed to do, right? If I did this specific thing, exactly the way that he needed it, then he would go to sleep for at least an hour and I would get a break from the crying, right? And that carried through very strongly, right? Is we need to do everything exactly the way that it needs to be done. Otherwise, all hell is going to break loose. And that was very true at the time. And then it wasn't. And it was very hard for me to make the shift to trust my husband to do things differently than I did, right? When it didn't matter anymore. When there, yeah. when there was that flexibility, when there should have been that flexibility. And that was sort of my work to coming to trust that there are multiple different ways, different ways that I, I could do things differently one day to the next. My husband could do things differently than I, and we would all survive and we'd all be better for it. Yeah, I wrote like, six notes of things. I saw I you scribbling. I have ADHD. So if I don't write it down, it goes away. I, totally I lose it forever. Um, first of all, like trusting yourself comes from doing it. Like you have yeah. to do it. Yeah. And I, I love the thing about the, you know, I know my way to get this kid to sleep. My son, we were rocking for like 20, 30 minutes. He would yeah. fall asleep in our arms. I mean, out cold. I mean, like drooling in all the different positions and then the second we put him down, he would wake up. So all that hard work, we would get so annoyed and frustrated by because, yeah. like, I just sweat trying to get you to sleep. And now you're sleeping and now you're awake. And recently we had a friend over who saw my wife posted something on Facebook about, you know, the challenges to get some help and support. And um, she's like, put him on his belly, blast a certain, like, sound machine noise that's like a wave and kids. And she found her kids love that close the lights, walk out, give it 15, 20 minutes. We haven't rocked my son in three weeks. Oh my God. Because we tried something that someone else, we have a life. Like, yes, my son cries for five to 10 minutes. Okay. He's four months old and he's able to get himself to sleep on his belly, which I know is not accepted. And I'm not saying you should do that if you're afraid of, we got an outlet just to make sure, you know, at nighttime that he's alive and we check on him and we're not being irresponsible. Mm -hmm. I promise my mother-in-law told me how ridiculous that is because she had three kids during three different changes. It was the belly, the side, the back. Yeah. Right. So at some point it was accepted and everyone survived. And there are a lot of kids who don't. And that's very sad. SIDS is very scary. It's a fear of mine. My kids dying in their sleep and my kids dying in general. So I, when my daughter was first born, I had a massive panic attack. I had postpartum anxiety because my fear of her being alive because her birth was a little scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just touch on the idea of the woman empowerment for a second. Now, I'm not here to mansplain. I'm just here to talk from a therapist's perspective who works with a lot of women uh, and has a daughter and a wife. So I'm going to do my best. Um, You can have it all. Yeah. You just need to ask for help to make that happen. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that your dreams can't come true or your hopes of life can't happen. Just include other people to help put the pieces together. You can't have it all all while doing it. Yeah. You cannot have it all 
and you do everything. You can yes. have it all yes. with help. Yes. The idea that, um, see, I wrote notes and can't read my handwriting. Go me. Um, <laughs> you know, you said like the idea of dreams and putting on the back burner. Yeah. Something I, I just think of, like the back burner is still warm, right? Yeah. It's not boiling. Maybe it's not like cooked, fully cooked, but it's still there, right? You don't want it to burn and get lost out, right? And then you have to throw yeah. it out, but put it on low. So write it in a note. Like I have a notes app of all the things I want to accomplish in my life or ideas that I have. Now, it's not for now because I can't, but it doesn't mean it's not there. I put yeah. it not, I'm not into manifestation, but I put it into an idea of a thought that can make actually reality, not just think it and it shall happen. Mm -hmm. um, and something that I keep talking about on podcasts recently, lives or people that I'm talking to is one of the reasons my wife and I are leaving New York and moving to Vegas is to create those dreams. Yeah. Is that we want to add quality in, of, of, to our lives and slow our life down and afford the life that we hope to have and the dreams that we talked about when we were dating and we first got married. And now that we have kids, we are trying to create that atmosphere by being active. But guess yeah. what? We had to do something. We had to make a change. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, we can have it all, but sometimes we have to ask for help. And the help was get out of New York for us. And that's okay. The other thing I would say is, um, you know, when it comes to like the one way of thinking, something that happens is that we get really into like a certain research style or a certain uh, books that we love, right? I'm a big fan of Tina Bryson and Dan Siegel, like the whole brain childs. Yeah. I, that works for me, right? I love the mentality as a therapist, as a parent. I'm a friend of Tina. We're buddies, which I, I'm so honored to say that. I can't believe I just said that, right? She's so cool. Yeah. But what if it doesn't work for you? What if the whole book isn't great and you have one thing? Great. Learn to take things from each atmosphere of parenting yeah. and find your vibe. And um, in the end, you have to be able to give up that control to someone else. I did not know what I was doing as a parent until I went on paternity leave. Then I'm like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I, oh my, my daughter isn't so scary. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's so yummy. Oh, now I'm in love with her. Now I can't stop. Right? So be able to, to do that idea. Um, as best as you can and watch the shift that happens in your partner and the relief it gives you. Yeah. Because when we start, even when it comes to just sitting down and this is the real, the realness of it, like practically to sit down with your partner and say, here's what I want to accomplish tomorrow. Can you help me do that? Here's what I need from you. Yeah. Here's what I need for myself and walk away. Walk away, see what happens. And it might not work out to your level of expectation, but it might still work out. And yes, the picture of the father might happen where there's just crazy mess, but your kids are happy. They had a great day and they had fun. And your husband found passion and excitement of what he brings to their relationship. Yeah. And yes, it might not be perfect. It might not be what you would do. And, uh, Take experts things with a grain of salt. Yeah, the thirty oh, minutes is wonderful. Things with a grain of salt. Just because, and I'm talking about myself too. Like mm -hmm. I am a specialist, right? Great. I've I licensed... literally sent an email out to my email list last night, being yeah. like, "Don't listen to me," because great. So, because so many women, I'm like, stop listening to everybody else if it's drowning yourself out. Or it doesn't work for you on that yeah. day. Yeah. Just because I have letters after my name. Just because I went to school, just because I have all these accolades in my bio, if what I'm saying today you don't like, mm -hmm. good. 
find someone that does. And if you do like it, awesome. Talk to me. Yeah. Or find more things that you like. And if something Ahuva says really like sparks your inspiration to do something yeah. and really is powerful, awesome. But when we put this pedestal of anyone that we look to, a celebrity, an inspirational person, and uh, what's it called? The Instagram, I don't know, the influencers and yeah. all those people, right? Great. Good. And if it doesn't work for you, unfollow them. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. I just love, I just love that vibe that, that uh, I think that, that it's so beautiful that women want to do everything and be empowered. And one of the biggest things we have to learn to empower ourselves is to sometimes let go. And we forget totally. that. We think we have to like do everything. But like sometimes you just have to step back and let go. And and you know what? Also be kinder to yourself. So so you made freezer chicken nuggets for dinner. I happen to love those, by the way. So good. Right? Some some ketchup and just like, ooh, maybe some some thousand island dressing. I don't know. My some frozen french dressing. fries on the side. It's great. Ooh, come on. <laughs> okay, so what if you didn't have the perfect dinner? Yeah. Are your kids happy and they fed and they're fed and their bellies are full? That's a blessing. Awesome. Okay, so so they so you know the next night you really go all out. What if they don't eat it? Yeah. Right. So we have to have more compassion and grace to ourselves that we are doing our best and that is good enough, and and accepting that. And yeah. It doesn't have to be someone else's best or your mom's best or your or your 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 mother-in-law's best or your grandmother's best or your sister's best, but your best. But I also think that that opens up a really important opportunity because. Very often, par parents in general will say things like, but I have to do this for my kids, right? If, if you're cooking a 10-course meal, and I hear this a lot, is, but food is, you know, is a, a biological need. Like, it's one of the needs for our kids. And I'm like, yes, calories are a need. That could be a pint of ice cream they find in the freezer. That could be a chocolate bar. That could be toast. That could be, like, there's... There is, there are biological needs for sure. We need to keep our kids alive. That needs calories. It doesn't need a six course meal, right? We're no longer talking about a need. We're talking about your wants and it would be nice. And exactly. And the question of who are you really doing it for? Right? Because sometimes, and we all do this. I, I don't say that I'm ever immune to it, but we confuse what our kids need and we're doing it for our kids. And then when we make them the six course meal and they don't eat it, we're devastated because we were hoping that it was going to prove something about us and our parenting and our capabilities. And I worked a 10 hour day and then I also made and a look six, at me. six course meal and clearly I can do it all. But now that my kids didn't eat it, I've proved that I couldn't. You know, I, and also we, um, I'll touch on that. And then another thing afterwards is like um, my daughter's, like I said, my daughter's birthday was this morning and my wife, my wife's family has a custom that um, you get woken up with balloons and uh, a cupcake. Okay. Every every birthday, uh, my her grandmother used to like sneak in their room at like six o'clock in the morning, and like there's pictures of them with their hair like all crazy and just like very cute. I don't know. It doesn't well not my family's thing, but I think it's cute, wonderful. My daughter woke up to a cupcake and balloons. My daughter had cupcake this morning with icing. My wife's a dietitian. Okay. Intuitive Your wife is eating. also a dietitian. Yes, she is. That's why I reached out to you. Right, that's where we're bed. That's where we're buddies. Oh my goodness! Because I was like, "Oh, dietitian. My wife's a dietitian. Yeah. Then you guys need to talk." Um, we do. Right? So she's a dietitian. Yeah. She, my daughter had cupcake this morning. Yeah. And then we cut up plums, and I made her an egg. She ate what she wanted to eat, and yeah. she was happy. 
it was her freaking birthday. I always say I'm the, only di- I'm the only mom who isn't like wiping the icing off my kids' cup. No, 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 no. You're not. You're not. Like, my wife, my wife's, my wife's like, first, my wife's first uh, love was Ben and Jerry, maybe. right? So, right. So we have to embrace this intuitive eating lifestyle, but not even just for the kids. Like, also think about why you're doing that. So, for example, why are we doing that? It's fun. It starts the yeah. morning off amazing. Your birthday. But we would do that on a regular day, and, and, and my daughter got calories. Great. So my daughter one night said, I want Cheerios and cherries. She was into the ch for some reason. Yeah. She ate it all up, and she was and she said, I'm full. I'm happy. Yeah. Okay? So I'm having chicken and rice. I want you to eat that, so you're going to eat that. No. Yeah. Right? So also on top of it, not just why are you doing it for yourself, were there expectations taught to you from the past? Mm-hmm. So did your mom teach you, this is how kids need to be raised or eaten? What about the expectations in your relationship? This is how fathers, right? It's not even worth it to have your dad involved because he doesn't know what he's doing. Totally. Right? So don't inv- involve your husband because he doesn't know what he's going to do. He's a waste of space. He's just a father. He's just a man. Now you got to do it all. Like what lessons yeah. are we being taught as from our parents? Um and even that's with the six course meal, right? I always, not that I try to psychoanalyze my family, I try to keep it in my head. But like, when oh my God, it must be so over, much fun oh. when you guys go to meals, when they're like, so you're a oh. dietitian and you're a therapist. You guys are, because I always get like, are you looking at my plate? I can just imagine no. if I walked in with a therapist. <laughs> no. Uh, and, and they asked me, like, oh, tell me about my childhood. I'm like, I haven't spoken to you and I'm not going to do that. Like, no. I get yeah. questions all the time, like, oh, you're a therapist. And then, like, whenever it starts that way, I'm like, oh, let's see how this conversation goes. Totally. Right? It's like, oh, you're Jewish. It's like, oh, yeah, let's see where this goes. Right. Yeah. Whenever it starts that way, it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, and, it's just about watching, right? So I watch certain people when certain people come to their house, how they change. Yeah. Right. So if if uh, if my mother, my grandmother from my dad's side came to the house, how we didn't really care about how the house looked because she didn't care. When my mom's parents came, pandemonium to clean up. Yeah. It had to be perfect. They're German. They're like, yeah, it had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Grandparents. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. What is it? What is the expectation? Totally. So. I think when we start talking about and communicate with our partners expectation of a household, what's the game plan? What's the general goal, right? And we start learning and figuring out how we become flexible within that game plan and we communicate constantly on the fly, right? I I think uh, I'm a huge basketball fan. So I think Steph Curry just said like, oh, they tried to stop me. Great. Let them. I'm going to change my game up and make them change their game to defend me. Yeah. Right. He made the adjustments to have like one of the best games in the NBA championships ever. Right. Cool. We have to do that as parents and then look at each other, communicate, have a huddle. Just take a five minute break. Okay. Here's a plan. Our kids being ridiculous today. We weren't planning for that. They're saying no to everything. They're being combative. Uh, Go. Right. One, two, three, break. Here's a plan. Um, and, And that just creates a happier, more atmosphere in your home that is more beneficial to you and more beneficial to your partner and actually really benefits your kids a lot more. And also, I mean, I did the same. So when my kids turned three, I thought that it would be really cute to put balloons, like, you know, basically like, put it right outside their, their door. Oh, yeah. And they will. And I was like all excited. And they woke up and they looked at me and they goes, Bobby, this is my son goes, this is so mean. Why did you block us in our room? You can't get out. How are we supposed to get like he couldn't conceptualize. My daughter like, cried last year. Right. Walking it. through the balloons and, and yeah. okay, sometimes like, and that's again, that like, like mental flexibility of like, I was excited. I didn't really, I couldn't have imagined how it might translate to a three-year-old. And sometimes it's a miss, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's not what you expected. And sometimes we do have to just regroup. 
um, and having that, that flexibility around what your expectations were and how things sometimes actually manifest is, is super important. It's like when you buy a gift for somebody and they don't like it and you're so offended because you put all this effort and you bought it and you, 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 but they don't like that. So you didn't do anything wrong. They don't like, if my wife bought me something that was not that I liked, like, there's nothing to say about her. That has to do with my wants. Yeah. But people get offended because they put their heart and soul into a gift. I know I get this way. When mm-hmm. I buy my wife jewelry or something, my wife's a very simple uh, kind of woman, which I, I love about her. Yeah. And she doesn't, she's not a big like jewelry person. Um, and I am. Like, I'm like, jewelry, yay, gold, yeah. ooh, sparkly. It's my HD. I'm like, ooh, it shines. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've bought things for her and she's like, oh, that's not, I don't like that and I'm not going to wear it. And then I get, I'm like, but I bought it for you and it's expensive and all these things. And I return it. End of story. Yeah. And the things again, that I have bought that she likes, she that's wears. That's amazing. But that's that self-trust piece even to be able to say, I mean, my husband, I'm really big into perfume, but I have two that I like and I will wear forever. And for a while, he kept on trying to buy me different ones. And finally, I had to look at him and be like, I will I like. not like them. Like, just thank you so much for putting in the effort. I super appreciate the effort that was in there. But also it's not going to get used. So like I, you know, just, just buy me the yeah. same two over and over again. And we'll same. be good. I'm the same way with a uh, cologne, but uh, I think something to take out from that for people who are listening is that for anyone who's listening, which is probably mostly women, I'm guessing yep. um, it takes practice to have that self-trust and confidence yeah. to speak up, but it also takes time to learn how and when to say that to your partner. Mm-hmm. It's not just about speaking and saying whatever you feel, however you feel, whenever you feel it, it's learning the language of your person to be able to say it so they actually hear you. Mm-hmm. And that takes time and mistakes and arguments and conflict and frustrations to work through and become aware what your partner needs for you to get your needs met. Yeah. And that takes a lot of practice and daily effort of a relationship that shouldn't happen yeah. right away. And which is why I, I coach women on using food and eating as a practice for self-trust. And just repeating, right? Even something as simple as I want Cheerios for dinner. I trust my body to know what it needs, right? And just using that daily reminder, whether it's feeding our kids, whether it's feeding ourselves, because my philosophy is anything we want to teach our kids, we can use the table to teach them. Um, And anything that we want to change or things that we want to introduce in our day, we can start doing around food because we're we're there so often that consistently repeating it is super important. Um, But being able to, and actually another um, friend that I was talking to uh, that actually was in a podcast that came out earlier, Alexandra Stockwell, um, she's a sex and intimacy coach for uh, parents and for women. She, one of the practices she talks about in in coming to self-trust to begin with was just in naming her feelings and doing that as well, right? I Like I'm, I'm feeling angry right now and that's the right way to feel. I am feeling just because the more that we can, honor that however we're doing it, whatever we're doing is the right way for us in that moment. Um, you know, whether it's feeling, whether it's eating, whether it's how we're interacting, just starting to, to practice that so that when we do have to say things like that, whether it's to a partner or to anybody else, it's not like this big thing, right? It's I have to state though. my desires. I have to state my needs. I have to advocate for myself. It's not like a massive, uh, you know, big deal. And by the way, uh, just to plug therapy for a second, um, one of the secrets about therapy 
or going to a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who's objective in your life, right? I'm very open and for wellness world and coaches when they have your best interest in mind and aren't uh, utilizing your vulnerabilities for their And I'm like, why is Um, anybody not in therapy? That's silly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to name names of big people in this world who make billions of dollars off people's vulnerabilities. Um, But it's really about having that person to challenge you to do what you just said, to become comfortable with emotions and feelings and processing and putting things out there and talking things through. So it's not so foreign when you do it in your life. Mm -hmm. So it's not just in this siloed experience of therapy, but that you take that and go to your relationships. You take that and go to your work. You take that and go to your parenting or to your parents or to your children or to your best friend or to yourself that you come comfortable with that idea of being honest, real, vulnerable, and open. Um, And it's not like this, like, what is this thing in my mouth that it's like, like emotions, feelings, thoughts. No, you have a space that creates that comfortability. I'm not going to tell all the secret sauce of therapy, but it's really not that complex. Um, There is a lot of complexities, but it's having that person. So I love that idea. And the more you do it, the more you trust yourself. Amazing. And Ellie, I know that so many of the listeners who are going to want to find, you know, where, where they can find more of your information, your courses, your work, all your good stuff that you share tons of on social media. Um, If people want to hear more about you, where can they find you? Yeah. So I have a website, ellieweinsteinlcsw.com. I stopped saying www because I'm not in the nineties anymore. Um, Although we very much are with everything. (laughs) I know. I know everything else like fanny packs all of a sudden are back. And I'm like, where were these when I was using them and thought, and it's called a weirdo, right? I thought Um, one of my uh, nieces have a Tamagotchi and I was like, I know. I'm like, what is happening? I love it. I love it. Pokemon came back. It was like all these things that I thought was told was weird and nerdy. I understand the reference. Now I understand, right? Um, But yeah, it's ellieweinsteinlcsw.com. My Instagram is at ellieweinstein underscore lcsw. I have a podcast called The Dude Therapist, which Ahuva is going to be on once we get it scheduled. Thank you again for being flexible and moving things around because of my family. Um, And uh, please reach out. If I can help you, great. If I can't, let me try to find someone who can. Um, and I answer everyone who, who reaches out, whether I can help you or not, because that's my, that's my motto. Um, and I just love talking to people and meeting people. So if, even if it's a snippet to be able to help you for five minutes, 10 minutes, it's why I do what I do. And uh, Huva, thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. Love talking to you. Yes. Great. Mm. Thanks for listening to Growing Empowered Eaters. Before you go, Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave us a five-star review and take a screenshot and send it to me over on Instagram and my handle at ahuva, A-H-U-V-A-R-D, so that I can say a proper thank you for joining me on this mission to Growing Empowered Eaters.